What's up, guys? We have an awesome show for you today. We've got uh, all talks of Daytona and the insanity it gave us, as well as a little bit of Formula One and IndyCar, but mostly we are dedicated to talking about Daytona today. So sit back and enjoy. This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards. No, this episode is not sponsored by In and Out, but it's called In and Out because we got guys in the playoffs and out of the playoffs. Thank you, Daytona, for providing an amazing race. My name is Nick, coming to you from Nashville, and we've got Josh out in Raleigh. Josh, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, you know, gotten to I was telling you earlier, gotten to a little bit of a fender bender. Um, which kind of had this whole interesting backstory. I guess it's not, is it a fender bender if no fenders get bended? Um, <laughs> bent. <laughs> bent. <laughs> but in any event, um, it, it had me thinking about the anatomy of a crash, which we will get to talk to you a bit later. So uh, other than that, doing quite well. How about you? How are you doing? Doing well. Um, we are recording in the morning, so I have my second cup of coffee right now, and I'm slowly still waking up because it's still you know, 9 o'clock here. Uh, I woke up at six and then said, no, I'm not working out today and slept for another hour and a half. And it was a very good decision. Awesome. Um, so feeling good. Yeah. Feeling real good. Um, well, Daytona happened and I hope it happens every year as the cutoff race for the NASCAR playoff for the cup playoffs. Did you enjoy it as much as I did? Uh, it was phenomenal. It was, I mean, it partly helped because of how close the points battle is. I know there's not that guarantee every year, but there is the guarantee every year that you could have a surprise winner. And it was just high anxiety, things constantly changing. I feel like after each stage, I was texting you, like, trying to follow the points updates and all that stuff. And it was, it was just so much fun. I thought one of the easily of all the schedule changes so far, that I think has been the most brilliant decision payoff wise. What do you think? I thought it was great. I had to watch it uh, via silence <laughs> on my phone because a, a friend of ours was throwing a little party and I missed a lot of my friends. So I was like, I need to go see my friends, but I can still watch the race. Of course, you know, they want to hang out on this very important day for us NASCAR fans because this is like <laughs> the day we've been looking forward to for the last 26 weeks or more, really. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I had to watch it in silence. And so I was getting my color commentary from like Jeff Gluck tweets and Jordan Bianchi and from you and Nate Ryan and all these other guys, like, you know, giving me feedback on on exactly what's happening. But from what I could see, it was absolutely incredible. And there was a few times where I wanted to jump out of my seat, but no one would know why. Like my friends would be like, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? So I was trying to like like pay attention to conversations and hang out and be present while also like peeking at my phone, put my phone back down like every five minutes. Um, yeah, super fun. Uh, how those guys do what they do is beyond me. How they waited 151 laps before a huge wreck happened is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was um, there's maybe there's two segments where there's straight lines. One towards the latter part of the first stage when um, right. 
Byron kind of got him strung up against the wall for a little bit. And that was kind of like, a, it was only maybe 10 laps or so that they did that. And it was kind of like, okay. And then the other time that it happened was part of a strategy move where half the team tried to, or half the cars tried to do all of the second stage without pitting, um, which led to them going, you know, in a, in a line, all trying to save gas while the cars that did have to pit, pit like 15 laps into a run, and they were just lined up and going as fast as they could possibly could. So it was single file for a while, but there's this mm. drama of can these guys save the gas? Can the guys that are 35 seconds behind catch up? And they did catch up, coming to two to go in the last in that second stage, and it led to Jimmy Johnson just driving one of the most insane runs I think I've ever seen at a restrictor plate. Like Jimmy Johnson slicing through the field at the end of the uh, second um, stage was reminiscent of Dale Earnhardt at, was it Daytona or Talladega where he went from like 21st to the win. Yes. Like three laps at Talladega. Yeah. And it was like, I think that was his final win actually. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it was like this, that was awesome to watch. That's something if you're like going back and watching old races, watch the last few laps of that, um, and Jimmy just like, cause he needed the stage points and he half, they passed half the field with all the momentum they had. Um, and then people started getting down. He was slicing up to the top of the track, slicing down to the bottom and he ended up fifth in the stage. And it was just Jimmy Johnson was in another league on Saturday mm. night. I thought, um, which was, was really, the Jimmy Johnson of old. <laughs> yeah. And it was really exciting to see. Um, so it's, it's a bummer that as we'll get to, he doesn't make it. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It just, it was brought, it was so much fun all the way through. Yeah. You're, you're talking about, uh, like saving fuel and whatnot. I was just watching a recap of the race again and they were showed the end car camera and the telemetry of, um, Ricky Stenhouse, how he was in the draft and because the draft is so strong there and that you just literally get towed around the racetrack by the guy in front of you or pushed by the guy behind you. He was only at three quarter throttle for lap after lap trying to save fuel like he was say they're running normally like you know 8500 8700 rpm he was running at like six seven thousand rpm just half throttle and just being carried around the racetrack which to me that like takes everything you know about racing doesn't make any sense because you're like wait aren't you supposed to go full throttle the whole time but junior was saying if you go full throttle then that's all you've got you've got nothing left to give to make a run or whatnot um Mm -hmm. yeah it was i don't know that stuff blows my mind science (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh uh, yeah dragging the brake helps you go faster like Uh if you're in the lead that's just that's just incredibly hard to comprehend but like the guys that are better at dragging the brake go faster (laughs) yeah and the guys who are really good at blocking you know say (laughs) Uh, are the ones who sometimes can prevail or not mm-hmm. so much. And we'll get to that here right now or in a second. Um, first of all, huge congrats to William Byron or as uh, the garage name I've been hearing is Willie B, mm-hmm. which is hilarious to me. Uh, congrats on him and kind of weird seeing our alma mater in uh, in Victory Lane, Old Liberty <laughs> University in Victory Lane. It's a, it's a nice turn of events, uh, a positive thing for our school for the recent events um yeah 
a good so, ending to super a cool. really bad week. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, actually, a, a buddy of mine from college uh, who used to work at LU um, in the higher up offices there was at Daytona um, because Ooh. there were, what, 20,000 fans there or something, something like, like that? that? There were a and lot were, of people there. And they were loud. You could hear yes. them on the TV. They were so awesome. I love that. Uh, so huge congrats to them. I did hear that uh, Chad Knauss, you know, being the leader that he is, told his crew, "Hey guys, go out there and you know, and enjoy this win and and, and go celebrate. Take you know, get a photo with with, with William." And and they got out there, and he, and and um, Chad had reminded them, you know, social distance, you know, blah blah blah. Make sure you're being responsible when you're celebrating. And those dudes are like, "Nah." And they're all like hugging and, you know, high fiving and whatnot. And apparently Chad came back over the radio and was like, I said social distance. It was, I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, which kudos to Chad Canals too. Um, he was talking about, you know, it, it, he was just talking about how much it meant after the race to like prove to himself that he could win without Jimmy. Um, I know a lot of time mm. the talk is like, can Jimmy with it win without Chad? But Chad was even like, can I win without Jimmy? Um, kind of doubting himself. And so to see him uh, get to the, the win uh, or get to a win a race was awesome. Um, I really hope by the end of the season we get to see Jimmy win without Chad as well. Um, Same. I, but uh, And with the way he's driving, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but we'll, I think, we'll yeah, I think it, since he didn't make the playoffs, I think uh, a win will definitely, uh, I don't want to say put I, like icing on the cake, because this year has not been anything worth cake at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he deserves a win or two. And, and I think going out that way would be would be perfect. But, again, we'll get to Jimmy. We keep coming back to Jimmy. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll dive in a little bit more on him in a little bit. But with nine laps to go, Tyler Reddick making move of all moves in front of Kyle Busch going for that win. Do you think it was... A good move, a bad move, uh, indifferent, weird circumstance. Like, what's your take on it? Um, I mean, it was a bad move in hindsight, obviously, um, trying to pull a slide job. And it was even, like, because in pulling the, the attempt to get up, like, Kyle Busch actually backed off the gas and gave him room. Hmm. And had he just gotten in line, it might have worked out okay. But because he went up and hit the wall, um, then slowing all his momentum, which caused Kyle to have to get out of the gas even more. And, and by then it's just a chain reaction thing. You got Jones wasn't out of it enough. And, um, next thing you know, Kyle's in the wall, Jones is hitting Kyle. They're wrecking. Um, right. so it's, I don't hate the move though. It's late 15 to go or 16 to go, whatever it was. And, uh, yeah. he's got a win to get in. So. Um, it's funny if it was somebody else, I'd be a lot, if it was like Brad Kozlowski, I'd be super annoyed, but yeah, cause because that's not something a, you would do. Right. But because it's like a rookie, um, even after the race, Denny Hamlin was like, man, I don't blame anybody for any of this. It took me nine years to figure out what I was doing on a restrictor plate. That kid was going for the lead. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and like, uh, uh, Ryan Newman who called him out, you know, what do you say? Like, uh, Mr. Two time champion thinks he can. I don't even remember what he said now, (laughs) but what he said was like, like like, super like off the cuff and he clearly hadn't filtered his thoughts yet. (laughs) Yeah. He was, which Ryan Newman doesn't do. No. Yeah. It was something like, you know, it just shows you can win two Xfinity championships and still drive around with your head 
where the oh, sun uh, won't shine or something. Right. Yeah. Um, that was. The I most like. Shocking. I like Denny's comment better. <laughs> yeah, that was the most shocking turn of events because you know Kyle Busch has been in this wreck while he was up front. You're he. It's been a terrible season, and so they come out to interview him, and you're like, oh boy, what's Kyle's like? How's Kyle going to handle this? And Kyle's just like, yeah, you know, it was a slide job gone bad. Probably, a, you know, he thought he was tried to clear himself, wasn't clear, but you know, it's still 2020. That's year goes. And then <laughs> Ryan Newman comes out hot as all get out. I, like, <laughs> I would have lost the betting. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> maybe this is good for Kyle Busch um, for this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll, I don't want to say humble him a little bit, but maybe he'll learn, he's learning to handle just having a bad race. So when he does have a good race, he can really appreciate it more. I don't mm. know. May, or maybe not. I could be. To, I, told, I'm to, I could be totally wrong. But with yeah. with Reddick, real quick, I'm. I haven't heard any radio chat or anything. But I wonder if he was cleared, and but, but before he his spotter finished saying the word clear, you know, maybe Kyle Busch had a nose right there. I don't know. But I think I like what you said better. Where you know he just lost momentum, hit the hit the wall, and chaos ensued. I, f- I feel like Reddick said he cleared himself i feel like oh, okay okay say that somewhere okay all um, right i also the the other thing so tyler reddick if you're not really if you're new to nascar or kind of in that middle area of like trying to pick a new driver to like i'd i'd recommend looking into tyler reddick because mm. a he's a he goes for it like you know he's a rim riding guy and like in races where you're against the wall he's a uh he makes bold moves like that, but like off the track, he's always he's a pretty like humble guy. That even he seems down on himself a lot. Where he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, that's another wreck I caused. It's another person's day I ruined." It's like he yeah. kind of has that Mark Martin Eeyore type ness behind him. I was gonna I say, yeah, appreciate. I was gonna say a little bit. If I had to infuse, and you added a third driver to this, but if I had to infuse three drivers, it would have been Mark is a good one, like like that mentality. But then I'd also put like Carl Edwards and Kyle Larson into mm-hmm. one because he kind of drives like Kyle a little bit, where like you said, he's really aggressive when he needs to be, and then he's kind of down on himself, and then he's super chill and yes, hard on himself, but also very likable, kind of like Carl was. Um. To some people, other people maybe not so much. Um, and then yeah, like like Eeyore type is good. The Mark Martin like, well, I messed up somebody again. I guess I'll go over here now. <laughs> yeah, I think your comparison's much better. Kyle Larson meets Carl Edwards. That's kind of that is an excellent excellent description. Um, so I just I just go back to go ahead. Oh, I would say yeah, both those guys have like you know would be good people to sort support so if you're looking for somebody i recommend reddick yeah that's i guess we could talk about kyle larson a little bit later yeah we should yes. all right yeah. the next wreck um logano hamlin bubba wallace matkinsiv thing that happened do you want to go into your anatomy of a wreck now or should we kind of do a little maybe what happened i don't um do? <laughs> i don't know kind of just i i just just for comparison here's the thing here's the beauty of sports is that you get a bunch of different people have a bunch of different opinions even i was listening to door bumper clear last night and they all kind of look at it slightly different and i look at it slightly different so i kind of want to hear what you say how you think it's all the wreck unfold and then i'll get into my probably too deep 
anatomy of the wreck. Well, well, first I saw, again, I'm watching this at my friend's house. It's on silent. So my reactions to everything are silent. <laughs> you know, I'm not screaming or anything, but I'm like raging inside. I see the wreck happen and immediately my lens goes towards, towards, oh my gosh, the 22 is so stupid. Wow. He, he's just <laughs> driving in his mirrors. He's causing a, yet another wreck. And which I then texted you, what, you know, I hope everybody wrecks him the following 10 races. I also texted the same thing to my brother-in-law and dad. I was so infuriated, half because he caused another wreck, the other half because Bubba was going for the freaking win, and he was there, and granted, we had, what, four or five laps to go, three laps to go? Two laps to go. Two of the two laps to go? It was, they had Um, just taken two laps to go, yeah. Right, okay, and so I'm furious, and... You know, the race goes on, Byron wins, cool. And I'm like, some. I was just like, man, I should probably go watch that replay again. Oh, I know what it was. I was scrolling through Instagram, and NASCARs on NBC came up on my feed, and they showed the wreck. So then I went and rewatched it, the replay, I don't know, five or six times, and I kept studying it. And I was like, it wasn't Joey's fault. <laughs> like, and I hate, if there's anything I hate admitting, it's like admitting that the guy you don't really like not doing anything wrong and retracting you, which I fully, I do a lot. You might, you might be able to agree with this. I feel like I've done that more this year where I'm okay to admit that, you know what? I was definitely wrong about someone doing something to someone else, Uh, which I feel like you should probably learn to do. If you're a sports fan, it's okay to be wrong. You're not always right. right. It's it's all right. You know, apply that to life. (laughs) Um, And the, and I was just watching it again. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I said I originally said it wasn't Danny's fault. Originally said it was Joey's fault. Then I was like, well, no, it's not his fault. It was more so Hamlin's fault. And now I'm saying maybe it was Matt's fault because he kind of got <laughs> into um, I can't feel it was Denny or Joey. And now I'm just thinking it's restrictor plate racing. It's that that's that's the fault here. <laughs> but it's not even a fault. It's just literally that's how these tracks race. It you know the smallest little thing can cause absolute chaos so that's my that's my evolution of thought with this with this wreck (laughs) yeah and it's it was really funny to be on social media because i saw people hot blaming joey hot blaming denny hot blaming byron hot blaming really kenseth yeah everybody everybody was angry at somebody for something (laughs) depends on who their driver was (laughs) yeah um, depends on who their driver was, who, how things shaked out. So here's how I see this wreck unfold as what you kind of landed on as it's just super speedway racing. And so to understand how this wreck happened in turns one and two, you have to go to the backstretch. <laughs> nice. And so what you have on the backstretch is, um, you have, it's a lot of side by side racing. And then towards the latter part of that lap, um, really the lap before you had the 24 and 43 hook up from the inside line. They worked their way to the outside. Bubba made a super bold move to get to somebody's outside and Byron just felled him and Johnson falls in line and they start pushing. So on the backstretch, they're in like the fourth row of back on the high side and they are hooked up. Um, you got Bubba or the 48 gives the 24 a good push and Bubba's dragging the brake and they start flying up. Um, and this run's coming and, uh, TJ majors was like, I saw it. And I was like, Joey, get to the wall now. And so Joey gets to the wall and nearly wrecks the field because of how fast Bubba was coming. 
and they are those three are hooked up and just flying. Um, Hamlin tries to get up too late. Joey gets to his outside, but Hamlin gets up there and kind of slows them down with the side draft. They get separated a little bit. Um, but in this time, the 22's gotten sideways. Things have started getting shooken up on the bottom. Denny moves down to kind of block that run coming, and the outside gets hooked up again. And in the process of this hooking up, they start going, and Hamlin, who Hamlin even admitted after, he's like, I raced, this was one of the, mentally, I was lost all race and raced a terrible race. Um, and that's absolutely true, I think the evidence shows, and I'll maybe touch on that. But anyway, they get this big run coming. Denny hops up too late to, or actually not too late, at like the last possible moment to make the block. And Joey had so much speed coming that he dives down to the bottom. And Hamlin rightfully gets down there to side draft, slows him up just enough that when, Han- when J- J- by the time Lugano clears him, Bubba has come by and is now side by side with Bubba. Meanwhile, you got Matt Benedetto, who's at the time side by side with um, Byron and knows I need to stay close to Byron points wise. So he is in it, pushing the 42 of Kenseth and they're mm. going on the inside. So Hamlin, who got shook out, can't go higher because there's cars there, strips back down to get in line behind the 22. While this is happening, the 42, or you got the 48 back giving the 24 another shove. You have the 21 in it shoving the 42, trying to keep that line moving forward, which launches the 42 into the 11, which launches the 11 into the 22 (laughs) and hits him at the quarter panel, which turns him sideways into the 43, which opens up a gap, which the 24 has this big run from being pushed by the 48. So he takes that. Plus, he, he needs to win. He takes that gap, shoots it. They go four wide. He bounces off the 43, who's bouncing off the wall, bounces off the 22, causing the 22's tire to go down. While all this is happening, the row behind them has become four wide. Matt Benedetto is to Matt Kenseth's outside. Joey's tire's going down, entering the corner. You see him kind of letting off. Matt D has no idea, plus they're going for it. He gets in the quarter panel, um, and they're wrecking. And the rest is history. So that is what I saw. <laughs> I As love the, that that, that was three quarters of a lap that you just described. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 it really is incredible how, like you like you pointed out, it all started out on the back stretch when when the wreck actually happened in turns one and two. It all began to unfold. That was a great description. I, th- I think you did you nailed it there. That uh, <laughs> it makes me want to watch it over again and then like piece together all that you just said. Uh, and, you know, uh, there might be things to disagree with within that. Um, but there was there was a lot <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um, I do want to touch on just Hamlin, as I mentioned, had a really rough race. Um, mm-hmm. And there's kind of a moment within that that encapsulates it where he kind of moved down to block a run. But then there wasn't really a run coming. And then he just kind of at the last minute, like meanders up to block the 20 or not meanders, moves up to block the 22. <laughs> <in> reality, <laughs> like he should have been there before. Um, yeah. And then the uh, the other thing is on the green white checkered. So the green white checkered happens. You got um, Byron, who it's making me nervous because there might be a tire rub. There's all this stuff. He's on the inside being pushed by Boyer and Christopher Bell behind him. And Hamlin's on the outside being pushed by De Benedetto. Um, and De Benedetto gives him a good push and Hamlin gets out in the lead. And 
there's no one there's no help behind Matt. There's three or four lined up on the inside. And Hamlin should have just slid down to the bottom and he would have controlled the race from there. And he's like afterwards, he's like, I have no idea why I stayed up with Matt. I was clear. There's no help I saw there's no help behind Matt. I saw he was half half a bump or half a car length off my bumper. And I just stayed up there like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't, I don't know why. And then sure enough, they got freight trained and he still finished fourth. Um, So it just goes to show that, you know, these guys are human. They all, Denny, I think Mm. we'd agree for the last few years has been one of, if not the best restrictor plate racers out there. Um, He's been phenomenal all year and he had an off night. Um, And I'm glad he did because it worked out where Willie B um, got some bold moves plus some help and uh, took the victory. Ugh. Again, I said this at the top of the show. Daytona needs to be the cutoff race from here on. If they don't do that, if like if they decide we're going to change it, if they change it to Bristol, cool. If they change it to Martinsville, cool. But where those races sit right now in the schedule do not need to be moved. I think this uh, playoff uh, string of races could be the best thing that NASCAR has ever put together. Which will, I might be saying something completely different. Uh, when Phoenix is over, but we'll get there in ten weeks. Yeah, that might uh, be one week spot in the schedule, honestly. Yeah, I'm go. I've been going we'll back see. and forth on it, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, so Jimmy Johnson has survived the first uh, big one with the Tyler Reddick incident, but unfortunately, he did not survive the second one, which makes how many? I, f- I forgot what the stat is for how many times he has not survived Daytona. It's seven out of the last. Is it seven? Races, okay, okay. I, I was think. thinking seven out of twelve or seven three. Okay. Um, so he ultimately wrecks, um, and basically put him out of the playoffs, which a lot of things factored into him not being in this year's playoffs. Whether it be his random spin coming to the uh, stage, possible stage win at Darlington when the season resumed, or when he tested positive for COVID-19 and missed the Brickyard 400 or X, Y, and Z, you know, he, you know, he had 26 races to, or I should say 25 races to get his stuff together. And unfortunately he missed the playoffs by, was it six points? Uh, yeah. Or nine points. It was under 10. (laughs) Okay. Um, really sucks. Um, and I, it's funny I'm saying this because I probably wouldn't have seen myself saying this. You know, he's won the championship seven times, five of which were in a row, I believe. Mm. Yep. And, you know, for so many years, like, oh, I can't stand Jimmy Johnson. Da, 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 da. You know, it was just a matter of time before he would get a win in a season. In the past few years, you really just haven't seen the <clears throat> the Jimmy Johnson of old. Uh, so seeing him uh, not get into the playoffs was such a bummer for for many of us who have grown up watching him and seeing his career blossom into what it has it, it's, it's a bummer but mm-hmm. he he is such a class act that his first response after coming across the checkers was just thanking his team and his opportunities and whatnot he's always quick to think 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 his team and whatnot before he jumps to the negative you never really hear him jump to really negative many negative responses which is such a class act for any race car driver and i just have so much respect for that guy yeah i think his his first actual words out of his mouth were first off congrats to william byron and chad canals mm. 
And that's mm. just like, like it would have been perfectly understandable for him to just be like, oh, I'm so disappointed for our team. So disappointed for this. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, you know, obligatory. Yeah. Great for my teammate. You know, that would have been yep. what you'd expect um, mm-hmm. from a normal person, but it just showed the character of Jimmy. Um, he's always been described as vanilla, but um, I think that's just an unfortunate <laughs> way of we described somebody who's just a genuine dude for the last 20 years, um, which is kind of yeah. disappointing on us as people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, Oh, that's awful. <laughs> uh, so, so he's out, but we've got 10 more races of, of Jimmy, you know, I got to see him win a bunch of times, if not every time at Martinsville. So I'm thankful that I got to see him, you know, I get to, I guess, be a part of that history, if you will. You know, got to say I saw, you know, one of the greats win a crap load of times <laughs> and dominate Martinsville. And, uh, but we, hey, we got to see him at the Bristol Night Race. So not many people and can say they did that. That just means Bristol that Night All Star Race. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> That's like we're the only ones I can say that. Right. Um, we, uh, that just means that we'll have to go to an Indy car road course race next year. Dude, cause I'm, his- I'm jealous of them. They, they get to, they get to have an amazing guy on their grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should, yeah, that's a good excuse. All of them next year, all the road courses. I think. Yeah. That, that's, that's the last I heard when he interviewed with, uh, I think it was junior on the Dale junior download. That is, mm-hmm. that's what he, what he said. I don't blame him for not wanting to run ovals in an Indy car. Oh, yeah. Nah, yeah, I'm good. Not one bit. Uh, I don't want nope. him running an oval. <laughs> nope. Absolutely Maybe not. The Indy, Indy 500 would be cool, but I'm like, ah, no, just race yeah. the road courses and uh, enjoy retirement with your family and race wherever you want to race whenever you want to yeah. race. I hope, he, I hope he does the 24, Le Mans 24. I think that oh, would be yeah. stellar. That'd be and awesome. maybe do like an F1 race. That's the, that's the bummer about <laughs> F1 racing. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to race this weekend. Someone right. has to be out of the car in order for that to happen. Right. But so Jimmy's, Jimmy's out of the playoffs, and we have our top 16, and it is as follows. Kevin Harvick, in this order. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Junior, <laughs> Ryan Blaney, <laughs> Alex Bowman, William Byron, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, and Matt DiBenedetto. And I'm very proud of myself because I just wrote the numbers down. I didn't put the names, and I remembered all of them. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And um, have you made a playoff bracket? I just made one kind of off the cuff, and I'm probably going to change it tomorrow, or if not, (laughs) in an hour. (laughs) I haven't made it yet, um, because this is like... I don't, there's not, in years past, there's been a clear cut, like, these four are going out in the first round, or first, definitely, these, there you got four guys that aren't making it to the final eight, um, and it's, there's a number of guys that, like, probably won't, but, like, they could, (laughs) it's something that could come back to you, like, you know, it's easy to look at the four lowest in points, like, Cole Custer, it's easy to go, like, well, Cole Custer shouldn't be in there but then it's like Cole Custer has finished in the top 11 a lot over the Mm -hmm. last 11 weeks um he's been running good and so could he string three races together that are good yeah 
Bowman's kind of been a no-show for most of the middle of the season. But then the last two weeks, (laughs) yeah. But then at Dover, he finished fifth. And then last past weekend, he was up front all race. He was kind of, for most of the race, he was behind Byron. It seemed like Elliott got assigned Johnson and Bowman got assigned Byron to kind of like make them go forward. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that was the plan. It just that's just how it seemed to work out. Um, Clint Boyer had been a struggle all year, but he's been fantastic over the last since that week where I said on here I was like, ah, they should probably move on from Boyer. He's been stellar. So yeah. it proves that I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> uh. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I got kind of my championship for idea, but I don't really have much beyond that. What are What are you thinking now? Well, you essentially touched on that because you really don't know what you're going to get because, you know, we had Cole Custer randomly win a race at Kentucky and then we had Austin Dillon randomly win. Uh, where did he win? Uh, the week after at. Where was uh, that? It was at a track. Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. Um, so I have, I broke it down and I know it's going to change, but I'm just going to go from. So we have the 16. I'm going to go to the 12, to the 8, to the 4, and then championship. This is definitely going to change. So I've got moving on after, uh, is it Bristol or Richmond? Uh, Bristol's uh, the first cutoff. Okay. So after that, I've got Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Rakislavski, Chase, Truex, <coughs> Blaney, Boyer, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, Matt D. I just threw in a little wild card there, and Alex Bowman. Super random. I was just like kind of right. I probably was just writing numbers down. Again, this is going to change. And then at moving forward after that stage, I've got Harvick, Hamlin, uh, Kozlowski, <clears throat> Chase, Truex, both the Bush brothers and Ryan Blaney. And then the championship four, I've got uh, Harvick, Hamlin, BK because Kislowski's kind of been just hanging out in the shadows but he's been he's all his wins have he's snuck up and won except maybe one and then uh, Ryan Blaney I just I feel like he's got something that could bring it to the final four yeah we'll see and then I've got um, Chris Gapehart has been such so clutch for Denny Hamlin, I think I think Hamlin gets the championship. Even though Kevin Harvick is Mister Phoenix, I, I think I think uh, Chris Gapehart and Denny can can make this thing happen. I, I hope think, they do. <laughs> yeah, those are all excellent picks. Um, I think the uh, some of the things that stood out, like um, in Central Speed for most of the year, Ryan Blaney has been first or second um, mm-hmm. for the analytics world, um, but. Brad Kozlowski has been far and away had the best fourth quarter of the race speed, which means they adjust their car really well and they're there at the end. So I think those are both great decisions, um, ideas. I would honestly, my top four without working through that bracket yet would look similar. The only thing I, my initial thoughts would be to switch is, um, I'd probably put, um, Truex in ahead of Blaney just because Truex is, I, well, Truex is on a seven race string where his worst finish is fourth and his best finish is second. Like, jeez, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was listening to the to uh, the teardown yesterday, and they they also did a bracket, and that was I think Truex was what Gluck. That was like his fourth pick was he had the four, the eleven, and then and Blaney, and then Truex. Um, and then and then he said Truex was going to sneak up and win the championship. I was like, surprise me. That was that's bold. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean it would be awesome and suck at the same time for (laughs) for the for the four and the eleven. Yeah, I think there's been early in the season, it was or like after COVID stuff, it was a pretty consistent thing where something freak, like every week, something strange or freaky would happen to the 19 and he'd have mm-hmm. to spend the whole race working his way through the pack and he'd still finish like fifth or sixth or something like that. And then once they finally stopped having that um, happen as much, he was just finishing third. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Race. <laughs> Oh, um, so. <laughs> we've got yeah. we've got a great uh, lineup of uh, the playoffs. Just look really good. The uh, I had the bracket pulled up or the schedule. We've got Darlington this week, and then we have Richmond, and then we have Bristol. So I mean, that's three three tracks that aren't cookie cutter tracks. They're all completely different. Which yeah. I think I think I'm really looking forward to this first round, and then we've got Talladega and Charlotte Roval, and then one other one. Is the Roval a cutoff race this year? Uh, yes, it is. It's uh, okay. That one. So what's the? F- it's like uh, is it Vegas first, and then did you say? And it's like I Vegas. I can't remember. It's like Vegas, Talladega, and then the Roval. And oh, then, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, and then the next round is. Um, somewhere, Texas, <laughs> and Martinsville. It's good. It's Kansas, Kansas, Texas, Martinsville. Kansas, Texas, Martinsville. So, mm-hmm. so there you got the really the only round with you got three have, cookie card cutters in there. And that's, I mean, and they're spaced out. I mean, two of them are back to back. But I don't know, man. I really enjoyed Kansas earlier this year. Oh yeah, it was great. So, so I think that's where Austin Dillon won. Maybe yes. Is that where he won? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And the the one name that keeps popping back into my mind with the playoffs is like Chase Elliott can win at any of these tracks and bo- all these rounds. So he's another yep. name. Let me uh, let me read out the 2019 winners of these. Uh, of uh, wait a minute, what am I looking at right now? Oh, bat. Uh, sorry, the uh, NBC Sports schedule did not put Darlington on here for. Oh for who won last year. So they they don't... Oh, I guess they, they can't because it wasn't in it the playoffs in the last playoffs, year. Yeah. So we'll skip that. Uh, so the last winner, the 2019 winner at Richmond was uh, Martin Truex. Uh, Bristol, Denny Hamlin. Vegas, Truex. Talladega, Blaney. Roval, Elliott. Kansas, He's Denny. that again this year. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he is Mr. Road Course. Kansas, Denny Hamlin. Texas, Kevin Harvick. Martinsville, Truex. Phoenix, Denny. Yeah, I'm. I might have to retract my uh, my top four. Maybe. I mean, I feel like I did all right. I got the four, the eleven, and twelve. Man, that's a toss up between the two and the pick. nineteen. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think I think those are good picks. So I mean, it's just hard to predict what's going to happen. Which I love. I love that it's hard to predict. I'm I'm all for surprises. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say there's like eight guys in the playoffs that would not surprise me if they won the championship. Um, it would maybe this year surprise me if Kyle Busch won the championship, but mm. on another way, it would not at all surprise me if Kyle Busch 
Tony Stewart in this playoff. I was getting ready to say, uh, thank you. Races. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's exactly what I was going to say. You've made you Tony Stewart in your way. That's now a phrase. <laughs> um, so we could go on and on about about this. It just goes to show that NASCAR did a good job with Daytona. Yep. Uh, being um, the cutoff race, and props to NASCAR for for us being on. We're now, I think, as of as of Daytona, we got back on schedule, as it were, to our normal scheduled program for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. So, so props to them. Super yep. awesome that we uh, are back on schedule. And uh, yeah, you can't really touch much on, on Xfinity and trucks. I didn't watch it. I know Justin Haley won the Xfinity mm-hmm. race, but I didn't watch a lick of it. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It, he won it after um, it was. They, he was in third, and AJ Allmendinger for colleague was in the lead, and uh, Ross Chastain for colleague was in second. And uh, Allmendinger didn't get all the way to the bottom, and Chastain tried to take advantage, but there really wasn't room, and he wrecked them both, and Haley went past them both and won. So, should have been a one-two-three finish for colleague with Allmendinger winning, in my opinion. Chastain got a little too greedy, took them both of them out, and and colleagues still got the win. So good for yeah, Justin. Good for Haley. them. They, they've become a good uh, uh, super speedway program. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even see who won the truck race. I, I, Sunday was I a blur either. to me. All right, cool. I'm not gonna look it up. Yeah. But IndyCar and trucks did share the same weekend. IndyCar. I watched the first race. Dixon once again. One, he got his fifth. Oh, hello, got his fiftieth uh, win of his career, which incredible. is super incredible. I mean, just absolutely amazing. But it was not without Takuma Sato charging towards him. He uh, Takuma had a had a bad pit stop, and it cost him it, basically the win. He, uh, I think, um, like a lug nut jammed up or, or something something with the tire. They just couldn't get out of the pits fast enough, and it caused him to. To fall back, but he did make a late charge. He got within about three tenths of a second behind uh, Dixon, but the way the, the those cars draft and push through the air, I don't think he could get too much closer to him. Like he just couldn't get, he couldn't set up a run. Lap traffic kind of made it an issue, but it made for a thrilling final laps. Uh, those those cars at Gateway really produce a good show. And I didn't watch the second race, but Joseph Newgarden, Nashville's finest, took race two. So congrats to him. He got his, I believe, his eight, 17th or 18th career win. 16th. 16th? Yep. Oh, I was close. According to this article, I'm, I have up. <laughs> okay. I was trying to remember I was trying to uh, remember his Instagram post. So yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. 16, which is super great for him. But Dixon's got a huge lead in the points. I think he's like 100 and... 30 points or something like that it, it was uh, at 117 points after the first race um but with new gardens win he got it back down to 96 points um, oh, okay so ultimately it was still a great weekend for dixon he extended his points lead prior to the weekend it was 84 points after the weekend it was 96 points um and as good as new garden is uh i don't i don't foresee Mm-mm. him <laughs> and now <laughs> <laughs> it's it, Dixon's gonna win. It's just a matter of time. Unless he right. could pull a Matt Benedetto and squander a hundred points in a matter of a few races, I don't see it happening. Which, which so. definitely can happen. If is there yeah, a Quinn Hoff happen. in the uh, series? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, maybe Ed Carpenter. He's kind of a Quinn Huff. Gosh, he finished twenty first in those. Se- he is just not. I'm sorry. He's just not. 
I just every time I watch an indie race, the first or second caution is that carpenter. And I'm like, are you good? <laughs> and I don't like throwing shade because I don't know what it's like to ride drive an indie car, much less a race car. But I'm just like, bro, get it together. But whatever. <laughs> So that's IndyCar. They basically have a month off before they return to Indy yet again for another road course race. These uh, and they're going there again to fill the gap of all the uh, other races that were canceled elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, you didn't get to watch any of the Formula One race. You no, I did not. Anything? Um, I know that uh, Hamilton won, and Hamilton was complaining about having issues and while he was complaining about his issues he was repeatedly like setting fastest laps oh dude it was insane he he uh you know immediately took the lead or immediately kept the lead because he got the pole and he just never was within i think the closest uh valtteri got with to him was i want to say for a moment he was nine tenths of a second but it wasn't in a drs zone and then after that it kind of hovered around like a three second, three and a half second lead, and then just slowly grew. I think at the end of the race, it was, I want to say, six or seven seconds or something like that. And then with Max finishing third, and it really sucks because Spa is such a great racetrack. It's so freaking fun. I mean, you come out of a hairpin turn one, you have a very short run from the grid like the start of the grid to turn one there's not much time before you're laying on the brake and then you go around a hairpin and then you go around or go up the hill a 17 percent grade and it's a quick left right left and it's just such a freaking amazing racetrack and just provided just kind of a eh race even uh like in the in the post-race interview max was said he was kind of i think he he said he was bored or just kind of like, <laughs> eh, it just wasn't that great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all, I've, that's really all I have on it. It was a stale race. It just wasn't, wasn't good, but we do have Monza coming up this weekend. And then Mojella, I think it's present, present that pronounced Mojella, <laughs> uh, which are both races in Italy. So we've got three, three races of formula one in a row which I'm all, always off for, or anyone is off for. Monza is, you can almost call it a super speedway mm-hmm. um, for Formula One because it's so much straight line speed. So much so that last year they uh, had issues with qualifying because guys were trying to get stay in a draft and <laughs> they didn't cross the, fin- the line to start their lap in time before Q3 was over. So they essentially had a NASCAR issue when NASCAR <laughs> did group qualifying. Uh, so we'll see what this uh, what this weekend provides. Did you yeah. see the announcement on uh, the Bahrain races? No, I did not. So oh, where Bahrain's, they added them, right? They added yeah. The, so they're they're yeah. doing two races there, but they're doing two different layouts. Which is what I love about so many road course facilities is that they have so many different layouts that they can do stuff like this. So they're mm-hmm. doing the normal Bahrain circuit, which is. I want to say like 14 or 16 turns, something like that. And then the second race is they call it their, like their oval. Like they call it the Bahrain oval. Cause it's literally, mm-hmm. it's almost like four turns with like an S with like S section, uh, on the quote unquote backstretch. Um, and they said it could pull the fastest lap time 
our fastest race because I think the w- the time on it right now one lap is fifty six seconds. Yeah, which so. the closest the closest lap to that is Austria with like a minute four. Mm. So it'll be a fast race. Yes. So I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun but, to see. Um, the Mercedes are gonna dominate that race. Uh, oh, dude, that that straight line <laughs> speed so. it is gonna be absolutely incredible. Ferrari is non-existent right now. They've had their worst finish in a decade mm-hmm. at, at uh, Spa. I believe it was thirteenth and fourteenth were the mm-hmm. final results. So I don't know what the FIA found in the off season. What Ferrari was doing illegal or wrong, whatever it was, but it was something that cost them a lot of speed, mm-hmm. and it sucks because Max just can't take on Mercedes by himself. He is, right. but he, it's, ugh. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of the like the the fun thing to follow is the, the thing about F one is knowing you have those different kind of levels. You follow the different points races in different areas. Um, right. So Max versus Bodas is a excellent battle. They're separated by three points, um, mm-hmm. and then way like sixty points behind them, fifty sixty points behind them. You get this awesome battle um, between Albin. Leclerc, Norris, and Stroll all within six points of each other um, to kind of be that uh, like seventh place in the Premier League type thing where if you're seventh uh-huh. in the Premier League, you've you've won a separate league almost. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, the best you of the that, rest. The best of the rest battle. Um, and then Hamilton's just unreal so far ahead. It's it's ridiculous how dominant he is. Um, so that's, that's over. But a lot of fun things to continue to follow. Um, they're uh, a little bit beyond a third. Is it 18 races they got scheduled for the year now? Uh, yeah, they try to keep it as close because the, the original was 21, 22. It was like yeah, this somewhere. year was supposed to have the most races mm-hmm. ever in a season. Yeah. And of course, it got shrunk down. But yeah, 18 races sounds about right. Yeah. So we're seven races in. So just fun stuff to keep following um, as yep. that season progresses. Yeah, and my boy Danny Rick got fourth place, so that might as well be a win. Yeah, <laughs> for for <a> Renault. Congrats <laughs> yeah, to them. Absolutely. Monza next week, and that brings us to your section. Play on yellow yes. card, red card, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Play on yellow card, red card. I uh, make a statement, and uh, if Nick agrees, he'll say play on. Um, if he's kind of conflicted about it, he'll say yellow card, and if he dislikes it, red card. Um, so the first one, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about William Byron, um, but William Byron is off any perceived hot seat that was at Hendrick after this win. Play on. He uh, proved himself to be there in the end, and he'll be fine for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Uh, Cole Custer wins Rookie of the Year by clinching the playoff berth. Is that a good thing, or is that the way it should be? Yeah, I mean, play on. He, again, he's there at the end of the regular season. He, you know, put himself for a win, you know, put himself in a position to get a, a random win at Kentucky. Yeah, I'd say so. This is, that's one I'm conflicted about. Like, I feel like the rookie of the year should have its own separate thing. Where, just because, I mean, if a, if a rookie wins, let's say, like, um, who was driving the 15 this year? Um, the other rookie everyone forgot about. Mm. I'm blanking on his name. Um, Brendan Poole. Like, 
Oh yeah. If Brendan Poole won at Talladega and squeezed and finished thirtieth in points and won Rookie of the Year because he's the only rookie that won. I don't know. I'm conflicted on whether or not clinching a playoff berth should be the deciding factor. That being said, Custer. If you look at the statistics between Custer, Bell, and Reddick, um, they're pretty much identical in like number of top fives, number of top tens, average finish. They're all really close. Um, Custer's actually been driving better than the others over the last since Indy. He has six races where he's finished 11th or better um, in the time frame. Bell and uh, Reddick both only have two races of finishing 11th or better. So I think he's he's earned it. But I wish there was a separate points battle. Yeah, I guess if there was a separate points battle, you can make it confusing confusing in the way that they make how you get a qualifying position confusing. <laughs> um, right. You, I mean, if they had something separate, which, I mean, that would, that would be cool if they had a separate points thing. You could do, like, basics, you know, solely off actual stats of, you know, what was your average finish of that year and like obviously what that points looks like because it used to be you know the rookie of the year had the most points at the end of the year it was pretty much that simple so yeah well yeah there, I'd, is, I'd, a, there is a different point system for rookie of the year um, okay where like if a, so a race win earns 40 rookie points um, a okay. second place finish earns 35 third place that's 34. There's di- there is these different, um, like, those points do affect, but there's also different things that factor in to winning Rookie of the Year um, in the past. Now, I don't know if that's the case anymore. It looks like maybe they just shifted it. Um, okay. Okay, because that's the way normal point system works. Um, so never mind. They did shift it. It used to be where it had its separate point system. And basically, because of the fact that he made the playoffs, every playoff team gets an extra 2,000 points or whatever it is. They round okay. up to 5,000 points and start adding or something like that. So because of that, um, he's automatically won it. Um, I don't know. I'm torn on that. Um, <laughs> next one, last one, NASCAR-related for now. Um, after we've talked about that plenty, I'm sure. Uh, so Clint Boyer still doesn't have a contract, still hasn't been in talks with Stuart Haas Racing. If he doesn't resign with Stuart Haas Racing, he should just move to TV. Oh, well, yellow card, because I like seeing him on track because he provides a lot of color. And not that that's what we need. You know, we want competitive drivers, but he provides so much color on the racetrack. However, he provides a ton of color and great commentary when he's up in the booth. So if he resigns, I would be happy. If he doesn't resign and goes to TV, I probably would be equally as excited about it because he does such a good job. Yeah, I think he's not Brett awkward. Griffin, <laughs> Brett Griffin seemed to indicate that if he wants to stay racing with Stuart Haas, um, but if Stuart Haas doesn't resign him, he thinks Clint would seriously consider, if not probably, move to TV just because of the uh, transition that takes place within changing teams and all this stuff. Um, so yeah. we'll see. Um, even with Stuart Haas, I think it'd be a one or two year deal, not much more than that until he'd be done. 
Um, great episode of Door Bumper Queer this week. Blake Shelton was on for half of it, and it was yeah. Hilarious. I'm gonna listen today. I'm gonna listen today. <laughs> I, I heard his little jingle that he he did for for the show. They had a little snippet <laughs> of it. So yeah, I'm excited to listen to that episode. Real quick on Stuart Haas Racing. Um, <clears throat> for those who have followed Kyle Larson somewhat closely since he was uh, evicted out of NASCAR. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I just want to go on the record and say that when he was released, that when he comes back, Stuart Haas is going to be, and we probably both said this, uh, that Stuart Haas was going to be the one to pick him up. And sure enough, the Stuart Tony Stewart has hinted that a Kyle Larson deserves to come back. He's paid his dues, and b that it probably will be with. Stuart Haas. So if the if Clint Boyer doesn't resign, that just is making a pave the way. If he if Kyle Larson is reinstated, that paves the way for him to the 14 or Chase Briscoe. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I love Chase Briscoe. I like I like him. I think he's good. If Kyle Larson's an option, I am 100% picking Larson over Briscoe. It's not even close um, to run my team or drive my car. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Larson's been great in everything he's done. He's been a true outlaw this first year, and he basically gets up, in up. a dirt car. <laughs> yeah, he gets in whatever dirt race is paying the most money. He goes out and he races in, and he goes out and he wins. That's uh-huh. <laughs> basically yep. what's happening. <laughs> so, um, anyway, next question, or next um, thing here. Uh, Manchester City considers itself the favorite to land Messi. Dude, from what I'm seeing, play the frick on. Let's get them. <laughs> However, my only slight yellow card, not that you can really have a slight yellow card, you either have one or you don't, um, is that they're willing to give up uh, Bernardo Silva and two others. I can't remember who it is. Um, possibly as payment for, and as well as money, uh, payment for Messi. I can't remember who the other two are. I think it might have been Sterling. Maybe. I can't remember. I, I could be off base. I'll look it up right now. Um, if they land him, it's going to be awesome, and then everyone's going to be ridiculing me because we pay for our championships. But whoever gets him is paying for uh, their championship. It's soccer. Everyone right. pays for pays for their championship, so shut right. up. Um. Uh, go ahead. I'm just going to see if I can find it. The final one, while Nick's looking that up, Weston McKenney, the American, is going on a one-year loan to Juventus. This is a gimme, but I just wanted to talk about Weston McKinney. Um, <laughs> Play on. Play Any on. American with a high, with a high-ranking European football team is good in my book. <laughs> I love it. So he'll, he's the second big one of the young guys to now sign with a major uh, club. Um, after Pulisic with Chelsea, and so it's it's awesome. I love it, McKenney. He's a he's a talent. He's a young guy. It's a one year loan with an option at the end of it for it to become permanent. Um, I, I we both hope to see him succeed. Um, that would be. I just I'm so stoked about this. Um, it, it yes, folds well for the future of American soccer uh, with the uh, the hex schedule coming out last year. Look at or Octagon now. It's not a hex schedule coming out for the next year Um, i'm excited about our opportunity to make the world cup i just have no faith in our coaching staff 
Never do. <laughs> we never do. No. Basically, we need to just fork out a bunch of money that we don't have and pay Jurgen Klopp yes. to be our coach. That's all. That's that's all I want because I, I just I just he's just ugh, he's so good. Okay, those three players for City that they're willing to give prepare to offer Barcelona 100 million euros plus Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus, and Eric Garcia for Messi, according to Sport Magazine. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> what? What? I can't imagine being in Messi's shoes and be like, "Oh yeah, oh you want to give up like three, two, or like three of your really good players for me?" <laughs> no, <laughs> or whatever. I, I don't know where else he would go. I mean, he could go to plenty of other places, but for Premier I League, I mean, he can't. He wouldn't fit at Liverpool. That wouldn't make sense. I think it's like the two front runners are City and PSG. PSG um, makes sense too. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know where else he would go or it'd make sense to go if Barca will even let him go. <laughs> I know, right? So But as a as a City fan, I don't as much as it would be like really awesome to see Messi come over. So yeah, my decision's gone back to yellow card. Uh I really, I really like Bernardo Silva. He's he has when he first came in, he was kind of I don't want to say shy, but he was just kind of tim like he just had like a timidness about him on the field. And mm-hmm. being with the club a, a, a few years now, he's really come into his own. His like when his presence is on the field, it's very present, and he just makes such an impact. Gabriel is he's still I still like he's he's still trying to figure out who and what he is on the field and I think he needs to stay with City to really figure that out because he still makes somewhat rookie mistakes when it comes to like finishing out a play or whatnot. I don't really know too much about Eric Garcia to be honest uh, it was, this past season was so weird I couldn't even like some players on the on the team I was like wait who are you like where <laughs> did you come from because I feel like the transfer window never closed um, so yeah it would be awesome to see Messi come but I don't know given getting given up two two players I really really enjoy watching Uh, it would be hard but it's soccer changes happen every hour which hey we've got what 11 days now until the Premier League starts back up it's just around the corner let's go so excited that'll be very fun to follow um, this year very very much looking forward to that um, especially around NHL is starting to get towards its final four um, so having soccer just around the corner, um, as well as football, um, it's just it's just gives the vibes of normalcy. Um, mm-hmm. It's starting to come back more and more with each passing week, um, which I somewhat appreciate knowing that that could change at any point in time. <laughs> yeah, and there, I've got some friends that are like, "Remember sports? I miss sports." I'm like, "Where where have you been?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally, where have you been? Like, we have sports. It's going on. You just have to, you know. They're literally all going on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like all of them. <laughs> you know, football's in its, you know, camp stage. There's not a game for, what, 12 more days or 10 more days or something like that. But, yeah, like, everything's happening at this moment. <laughs> right. So it's, it's good stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, anything you want to rant ramble about? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, just about the, I mean, this whole episode, if you haven't figured out, is predominantly NASCAR related. Um, and we've talked about William Byron uh, winning the race. But as a fan, um, this was the, f- the first time in a, a good while that I've gotten to, like, firmly enjoy a driver or team I pull for winning something big. Um, mm. And so it was really, I just, like... I don't know. It's just it makes me appreciate the God given ability of like fandom. Like it's how much of to enjoy sports is like a gift of to humankind type thing, Um, because it was just like the whole the anxiety that was felt with every stage was so much fun. And everything was so focused on the points battle um, that it wasn't even until they came off a turn four that it clicked in my mind that William Byron could win the race. Like that had mm. never crossed into my mind the whole time. I was like watching the points, figuring out what he needed to do. Um, even those last, the green, white checkered, like he made that bold move to go four wide, which last week on the podcast, we were talking about, you know, I don't know if he's got that competitive, you know, edge, like if he's willing to go for it when he needs to. And he went for it. And so kudos to him making it four wide to get to that front. Uh, but then, yeah, him holding it off, fighting off. And then as he comes off of four, I was like, oh, my goodness. He could win. And then it, I'm like, no, he's going to win. And I just started <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. And uh, my voice still hasn't fully recovered <laughs> from yelling for a solid two minutes as he went on to win. And and so just the, the joy of sports was just it was it kind of was brought back into um, my mind this week of how much fun it is to just emotionally invest yourself in a team and see that or driver or something, see them win um, how. It's uh, it's not something that should be an idol in life, but that it is a true gift from God to just kind of enjoy sports. And so that was kind of a, a cool, real rec- kind of moment of sports are fun. <laughs> yeah, and they can yeah, be yeah. a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> so. I think I go. I, I that's uh, a um, yeah. I was very happy for for you, not only like Byron getting it, but for you to to get you know to see your driver, not just have a good finish, but to, to win possibly the most important race in the regular season. Um, and, Oh, someone randomly is calling me. Um, and, uh, I, I go back to, you may not remember this conversation we had, but there, we had this conversation back in college in, uh, my apartment where we were talking about football. I think it was like, maybe like the, the giants and the Redskins or something. And, the Giants beat them or whatnot and I was like super mad that they won or something like that but my point is you mentioned you know we put so much into sports and we get so mad about our team losing and you know we care almost we care more about or sorry we um I'm saying we put so much into them losing that we don't really put that much into them winning like if they win it's like cool yeah they won you celebrate for like two seconds but like when they lose you get you're mad for a very long time and you had said like you know maybe we shouldn't be mad for a long time you know what they're sports it's like literally it's sports it really shouldn't change your life unless you're like Mm -hmm. you know putting your kid's life savings you know, betting it on the, on the sport or something and, and just for, take it for what it is, you know, be mad, be happy, whatever the circumstances may be, and then move on. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's what I've become to appreciate, uh, sports in general. And 
so yeah, congrats on, you know, impacting my life however many years ago that was. With, well, that's cool. With, with, <laughs> yeah, like with that, like it, it really, that that's how I've had, I've had better sports years if it were, if it is, if it were, um, where if City wins, I'm happy, and then I move on the rest of the day. If they lose, I'm mad, and then I'm like, you know, whatever. If they lost, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then you move on. And and I, and this really has nothing to do with with <laughs> with the William Byron situation. But all all this to say, you know, enjoy, like you said, like this God given ability, really to enjoy this this entertainment, but also to be able to step away from it and remember that hey, it's just sports. It's just, yep. you know what? You're gonna wait. You you're gonna wake up the next day, and your life is probably going to be the same. Maybe better. Maybe a little <laughs> eh. But don't let it completely ruin your mood. Because from a married man's perspective, don't let it ruin your mood. Because <laughs> then your wife's gonna be like, "What is wrong with you? It's a sport. It means nothing." Yeah. So that's my random ramble. Yeah. The one other cool thing I wanted to add was at at my church, we got uh, a couple of Liberty students. um, And so their families were there. And so normally most people don't, most people I know, they're like, ah, yeah, NASCAR, whatever. Um, But for whatever reason, several people at my church watched the race Saturday night, I guess because it was on NBC, um, like big NBC and stuff like that. And so Sunday coming in, like I had like five or six people talking to me about the race that like never watch races. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was almost more taken Come again? by that than anything else. I was like, I'm talking with you about a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, which kind of just That's speaks awesome. to the, uh, the value of a race being on NBC, um, or big Fox Ooh, or nice, big NBC. nice, nice little uh, plug there. Yeah. But yeah. more big races on NBC on the big <laughs> network, like Martinsville. <laughs> Hey, Martinsville's probably going to be on Big NBC this year since it's the cutoff race. Ooh, wow. Awesome. I just thought about that. Actually, we can find out right now. Very awesome. Uh, uh, maybe. The problem with this is the problem with having the three o'clock races that it, it makes it tougher because you got Monday night or Sunday night football on NBC. Uh-huh. So they got to get. Actually, the, that's true. Yeah, so they got to get the start times earlier for that reason, in my opinion. Let me see here. Let's see the Xfinity 500. It's on NBC. Woohoo! At Martinsville. That's fantastic. Congrats, Martinsville. Yes. Wow, this could be really. This is gonna be great. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could go to that race so bad. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Also, shout out to my wife. She has two more months as of right now of school left before she graduates. So. Awesome. That's yes. great. Yep. All right, folks. Well. That was a really fun episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. It was a little longer mm-hmm. today, but last week was a little shorter, so it equaled out. <laughs> and uh, next week we'll be talking about Darlington and all the other sports things. And uh, you got anything else? Uh, no. Just, uh, yeah, enjoy Throwback Weekend. Enjoy uh, all the other sports things going on. Hockey's. We might actually get a Game 7 in hockey, so come on Colorado um, and uh, yeah <laughs> cool alright well with that I'm Nick and I'm Josh and we will see you guys later bye